Hi, and welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is Brooks Robinson. Brooks was a Steadicam operator for 20-something years, uh, finally gave up the rig, but is still operating. And I didn't know Brooks before this, so um, this is really us just getting to know each other and, uh, and having a nice conversation. And uh, we got along quite well, and I really enjoyed it. Hopefully you will too. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. So here I am with Brooks Robinson. Uh, is Brooks a family name? or? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It was my, uh, my grandfather's name. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I knew a Brooks Robinson in high school. I played the cross with them. Oh, wow. That's the only other Brooks I've ever known. Is that right? Well, there's the Brooks from Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. That was... Um, that yeah, that old guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you probably get that all the time. I get it more for the baseball player for the Orioles back in the day. He was a Hall of Fame guy. Oh, Brooke, was that Brooks Robinson too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, I yeah. remember that name too. I, I get, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. Get that a bit. That that's funny. So, um, but yeah. not, but not by people your age, people my age and older. Well, right. no, I mean I used to be a baseball fan when I yeah, was yeah. much younger, yeah. but um, not so much anymore. Sure. But um, it's too long. It's kind of it's kind of helpful having a unique name because you don't uh, on set with radios you don't hear your name, as opposed to somebody that might have a more common name. Although I did a show with a first AD once that was named Brooks, and it was really weird hearing your name oh, over and over again. And not, not, yeah, not being used to hearing your name other than somebody actually referring to you. Right. Well, people are talking to him constantly yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, you you used to do Steadicam. Yes. You don't anymore? No. Why not? Uh, well, I had about 23 years of doing it. And only? Only. <laughs> only. And I got hurt in 2011. Uh, I had a disc injury, and that thankfully went away and thought it was a one-time deal. And then I got hurt again in 2015 and was out for about eight months. Ooh. And... Uh, had the same thing. It was a ruptured disc in L4 and L5, which I think a lot of Steadicam guys go through, or people that are my age that have gone through it. Um, and the same treatment that worked the first time didn't work this time. And so I tried all kinds of crazy things trying to get me, you know, back in the game and, and healed up and nothing seemed to work. And finally went to a different doctor and he did the same thing I had the first time around and it turns out that the doctor I'd gone to initially for this didn't know what they were doing and and uh, had given me had screwed you up yeah oh yeah. no so uh anyway so got back into it after eight months and was feeling fine feeling good I I just didn't really dig it anymore and it'd mm -hmm. been sort of a you know a building thing and you know what appealed to me when I first started doing it in my early 20s was the physicality as well as the creativity uh, but by mid to late forties, that you know the physicality aspect of it isn't quite as appealing as it as it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I still really like the job. I like the idea of it. Uh, you know, I like the paycheck on Thursday. But I I wasn't you know the long shots that would come up every once in a while. I, you know, you'd see the director start walking with his hands up. You know, framing a shot down the hallway, and it was just like. Oh. Here we go, uh, and and up you know, the stairs, I, down the stairs, <laughs> right? And so I, you know, I realized that, but it didn't really hit home until a DP that I work with 
called me up and and he was sort of forced to use a different crew that he didn't normally use and the a camera guy that that was going to be doing the show was also a steadicam guy uh victor macias and i came on just to do b camera no steadicam and you know i showed up on the first day and, and the director's got his hands up he's lining up this shot and my back just sort of you know this feeling comes over me and then i look over at victor and it's like oh wait i don't that guy's got to do it. I don't have to do it. And I, I go over to Crafty or, you know, do look at my phone or whatever. Right. And, and I don't know if it was that night or the next night, talk to my wife. It was like, I'm done. I, I, I really love operating. I don't really love doing Steadicam. And if I'm only in it for a paycheck, you know, the work's just too hard mm-hmm. um, if that's your only motivator. And at that point, that was the only thing really holding me to it. Right. So. And you didn't, and you enjoyed being just B camera on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Oh, right. I loved it. I, I mean, I love, uh, you know, having the, uh, looking through the eyepiece. I love riding the dolly. I love doing crane, handheld, whatever. I just didn't like uh, wearing the vest anymore. Right. Handheld doesn't doesn't mess with your back too bad? No, no. I've been two seasons on a show called Animal Kingdom, which is, you know, 95% handheld. Bring out the dollies and do handheld on that sometimes. So it's, uh, no, that's that's all good. That's yeah, that's good. I don't know if it's just a weird tweaking with uh, you know with the way the rig sits on the arm or whatever. But, yeah, it must uh, be the, just the way the balances and the weight. I think so. So anyway, for me it was a, a really you know I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know, bridging the gap from doing Steadicam and being known as that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, with doing you know A or B Steady B camera in addition to that to just doing regular operating. And somehow I, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I, I, as soon as I started putting the word out, I started getting calls, and it's been, you know, it's been a real blessing. I've been very fortunate. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, what were the what were the treatments that they? I mean, I was I getting thought, did... epidural shots for that, which the first time in 2011 were very effective and very instantaneous. I was better that day, uh, and I assumed. So you were better as far as the pain went. Correct. So, but the disc is still... Yeah, but they're injecting, you know, a, a steroid into the thing, which causes the disc to shrink, which which, which I see. eventually, uh, you know, soothes things down. I see. So it reduces the swelling, which is causing the rubbing on your uh, um, on your nerve. Right. So. Right, gotcha. Because, and then, was that the, that was the good treatment? What was the bad treatment? Well, the you bad, just well, did it wrong? Or? I, yeah, she, uh, I, I had two of those, one of which I don't know if she injected into the nerve itself, but it, it I skyrocketed, and if I hadn't been, you know, lashed down to the table, I, I'm sure I would have hit the roof. Uh, but, you know, they're using, I don't know what it's called, fluoroscopy, it's some sort of x-ray to actually guide the needle into where it goes, and somehow she missed it on two different occasions, and so I just oh. assumed that that was the wrong treatment. Yeah. Right. So I went, ended up seeing somebody else eight months later, and they took a look at me, and I'm like, oh, you know, you got to, you need an epidural. And of course, later that, you know, after I had the shot that day, I was 100%. Oh. So, and so that restores you back to previous. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it works 100% for everybody, but in my case, you know, knock on wood, that was actually a really good thing for me. Oh, good. I just wish it had happened eight months sooner than it did. You were finding them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Well, um, I had many years ago. I did a long music video yeah. of Wonder, yeah. and I, uh, the next day, <clears throat> it was it was brutal. We did a lot of tension. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. how those are. Yeah, and the next day, 
I got out of my car and I realized I couldn't lift my left toes off the ground. Yeah. Did you have something like that? No. Okay. Well, I freaked out. As one would. And I didn't have back pain. I mean, I was sore from the job, but, um, so I went to, to the hospital and they did x-rays. They, they thought it was neurological. They did all this stuff and they did, what's the body scan thing? It's CAT scan? Yeah. Uh, MRI. MRI. Right. And I had a floating disc. Yeah. And they still didn't understand how that connected to my foot. Right. <laughs> they knew it did. But yep. anyway, and that was basically no treatment. They're like, it's just going to float. Right. And I'm like, wow. So ever since then, I haven't had problems. I do get um, um, uh, when you get the numbness in your leg. Oh, yeah. But, but that's but that's not from doing Steadicam. When I do Steadicam, I feel so much better. Interesting. Um, I think it's a core thing more than anything. Yeah, yeah. And I've considered people have told me I need to go to a chiropractor uh-huh. and I've never tried it. I've considered it, but I don't want to get messed up by somebody. Sure. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard, I've, I've certainly used chiropractors. I've used acupuncture. I've used all kinds of things. Oh, trying, I've used trying, trying to get me uh, to where I needed to be. But I think, you know, something like that, you hear both sides of it. I've heard, you know, it's been a blessing for one person. I've heard, you know, don't do that. Or, right. You know, they're going to kill you. And, and so I, I, I've I heard every side of it. Certainly too, trust why. your gut and go with what, uh, what you feel good about. Yeah. Well, the acupuncture is, is so great. Yeah. I sprained my back on a, on a movie in the Bahamas. I, they had to make me stay a week longer. Oh. They were injecting me with muscle relaxers. Wow. I couldn't stand up. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was so bad. And I was staying in a hotel. It was at a little at Port Lakaya. And I had to, there were only stairs. And I was upstairs. <laughs> and a PA came. I mean, I woke up in the fetal position. Yeah. And called the boss at six in the morning. and was like, I can't, uh, 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 you know. Oh. I fell down brushing my teeth. Yeah. It was bad. And I had to walk down the stairs and get in her car, but they, um, yeah, they just shot me right up. And that's I a great business we're in. <laughs> well, it was handheld on boats yeah, yeah. and in water. Yeah. So the boat's rocking, yeah, and I said, course. "Look, we need a Mako head or you know yeah, some kind of right. stabilized head." And oh, they don't want to pay for it. Sure. So I get to be the head. Yeah. So as the boat rocks up on the left, I bend my knee on yeah, the left to sure. try to keep some yeah, level. Right. And that just wrecked me. That really wrecked me. So. Um, yeah, that was it for me on that. There were only like three days left. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, but when I got back, uh, I had a, my whole back was sprained, basically, yeah. is what the doctor right. said. And I got back at the, at the suggestion of a friend of mine, went to uh, acupuncture. And the first one, I laid down. It felt so good. They leave the needles in right. you and they, you know. And then um, he pulled the needles out. I felt so good. And he said, I'm going to do some cupping yeah, in the, the worst area. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, what does that do? He said, it just draws blood into the area yeah. and helps it heal. I, yeah. I said, fine. So he put all the cupping on, left me for 10. And it was excruciating. Yeah. And I left there going, this guy's a quack. I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was in worse pain than when I walked in. But I came home slept on it, woke up feeling so good yeah. that I went back the next day uh-huh. for the, cause he told me I needed another session. Right. And then that one was, I mean, I actually fell asleep during the, oh, yes. anyway, so I can, I can attest to the, no, there's not much worse than, than when your back is not the way it should be. And especially oh. doing a job like you have, uh, you know, where, where you need to be, you know, performing regardless of what you're feeling internally. And, you know, you, put on a happy face and you don't want to let people know that you're hurt because you don't want it to affect the next job and and i well and you don't want it to you take days off you lose yeah, money i yeah, mean sure. you know <clears throat> yeah. and you let them down or whatever yeah, right so 
and backs don't heal super fast no. either in general no so yeah, yeah. um but uh but yeah, uh, knock on wood for both of us. Yeah. No more, no more injuries. No, and absolutely. <laughs> but but I mentioned music video, and and I I was looking at, at your credits and stuff, and you have a whole bunch of music videos. Looks like you started in the mid to late nineties on those, or I, I started in yeah probably mid nineties, early nineties. Uh, I did a whole bunch of really terrible movies that I'd hope not to discuss ever. But but uh, <laughs> I noticed that. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great stuff. Uh, We've all done those. Though. Yeah, sure. And uh, well, I don't know. I, I've done some really, really bad ones. So have I. Yeah, there you go. I mean, if you haven't, good for you, but uh, most of us have. Right. So, I, I mean, maybe I should tell a story about that at some point. But uh, Feel free. I, okay, I'm going to skip into that. So my first <laughs> my first 35 job was this Roger Corman thing. Okay. And a buddy of mine who's now a director, uh, Steve Adelson, who was a couple months ahead of me and sort of a lifesaver when I was first starting off. Uh, he was much more of a go-getter than I was. And I was, you know, and I still am hesitant to call people. I don't want to disturb DPs. I'm I don't, I, I'm just, I, I hope the phone rings and, you know, usually it does, but I, I don't like to be that guy that's, you know, uh, blowing my own horn and trying to drum up things. And my buddy Steve was much more of that guy. And so he ended up getting double booked on something sends me the call rate is abysmal but it's like well it's 35 it's 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 uh you know it's a movie this is really exciting it's roger corman right little did i know what year would this have been probably 94 somewhere in there so so you had done like little tiny small jobs 16 mil music videos which is what they were way back then Mm -hmm. uh but i hadn't you know, I hadn't done 35, and this is a BL2, I think, is what they had over at uh, at Corman. And so, you know, he said, it's really motorside heavy. Make sure, you know, when you're setting up your plates to adjust it that way. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I show up. I don't know how long it took me to balance this thing, but it was probably a good half an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes. I had no idea what was going on. What kind of, what kind of rig? Uh, it was a Model 2 that was really heavily modified. Okay. Uh, a guy named Bob DeRose who was in was partners ended up being partners uh with George Paddock back in the day Bob did all the machining and and uh so he essentially stripped out this this pristine model 2 that I bought put a single post and Anton Bauer batteries on it and it made it you know a legitimate rig right. for for the time uh so I I show up on this thing that I have no business being on. I had never carried anything that was that heavy and right. you know I was used to these little 16 SRs and it's three or four people getting out of a helicopter walking across this field for I don't know, 50 yards 40 yards something like that and then there's you know maybe a minute of them standing around under this army tent is the helicopter spinning no okay no so it's somehow just, somehow, unquote, unquote, it's, just ma- it's somehow it's magically landed and the rotors aren't spinning anymore <laughs> right so i i'm supposed to take them as they step out and you know, go across this field and and so walk to one and put the camera on and it's like oh my god this thing is way too heavy mm-hmm. i'm already feeling it we haven't even rolled yet well, i start going and and you know we start off with this nice I'm, i don't know if it's three or four people i'll say it's three so it started off with this nicely composed shot you know it's cowboy with these three people and all of a sudden my legs aren't working right and i'm like head to toe on them it's like oh my god you're screwing it up you're way too wide slow down and then i slow way too far down and i'm cutting off the guys and the side of the frame 
It's like, oh, no, no, you're really screwing up. you got to get wider. And so it's this yo-yoing thing back and forth, and I never really find... You're having trouble keeping a constant oh, speed. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's like my, my legs are... My mind is telling my legs one thing, and my legs just aren't responding. <laughs> or they're responding too late to, to do anything. But, so it's this, four, is take, this is take one? Yeah, and it, it oh. never got better. It oh. was this way the whole... I don't know how many takes we did, but enough that I was ready to move on, even though I never nailed it. So they call lunch right after this, and I go sit down... I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Right. My first 35 job, and I'm totally going to get fired. And I sit down all by myself, the corner of my eye, I'm looking over there to see if anybody's going to come over. And sure enough, the DP stands up. He walks over to me. Oh, here we here go, here we go. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. He says, hey, we've got a bunch more Steadicam days. Are you available? <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of how my illustrious career started. That's and that's so how funny. I started learning and... Right. Who was the, who was the DP? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, okay. I, have no, I don't know what the show was. I don't know. What the, I have, somebody obviously didn't know what he was looking for. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know. I mean, one man's trash is another treasure. We've talked about this before. And like like with Dave, make it gross. Yeah. And like maybe they'll, you know, yeah. or whatever. It, yeah. Um, well, this was pretty bad. Well, okay, maybe it was. <laughs> but I just started thinking maybe he, for some reason, liked you getting wider and then tighter. And I like, don't you know, know, man. I've never seen a shot like that ever on TV or in a movie or anywhere. So I, you know, uh, I don't know. Okay, what was I'll happening. take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But I mean, may, there must have been some reason why he asked you back. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the, not only not the, the only reason not being that you you took it for the right yeah i don't i yeah i don't know be part probably could have been so (laughs) yeah anyway so it it sort of started from there but uh yeah i did uh, while doing terrible movies like that i also started doing music videos and uh happened in with a couple of you know directors that were on their way up and and uh that was sort of my bread and butter for a long time which, did a lot of those and, and which directors uh sophie mueller who did all the the no doubt things way back in the day yeah and, and uh i don't know there was there's I, I mean i did hundreds of them way yeah. back when and all the all different genres but um i don't know i it was it was a good learning point you know people were doing sort of interesting things back then and uh, you know, it was a good place to learn. And a lot of them had really high production value then. Yeah. And the yeah. rates were good. The rates were good and the budgets were, you know, much different than I think they are now. Yeah. And eventually they became union. They didn't start off that way. Um, but that was, you know, when that eventually happened, that was a good thing too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good way to get interesting looking things on your reel and, and uh, you know, and learn what was right and what was wrong and, and uh, essentially how to operate. So... It was a good. Uh, it was a good uh, school for me. Right, and being non-narrative, it's not just the same old walk and talks and right. whatever. You're doing all kinds of different, interesting, yeah, things. Yeah, um, that's cool. Did you? Were you? Okay, so I worked on a few music videos. Yeah, very few, if any. Did I like the music? Yeah, <clears throat> you were the same way. Uh I kind of liked them. I was, I was, a lot of them, I was sort of into that kind of thing. And, and usually even if I wasn't, the music was loud enough and, you know, there was enough interesting stuff going on that, that, uh, kind of block it out. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed my time doing that. I didn't, this was sort of before, or there, there were oneers happening then, but they were very infrequent. I didn't, I don't think I did one of those. Um, but I, 
you know, I did a lot of stuff, and I think the you know the wearing the rig for four minutes at a time, you know, for fourteen, sixteen, however many hours. You know, I, I don't know that I like that aspect of it, which is why when the opportunity to move into commercials happened, I was much more excited about that and, and yeah. started trying to move away from music videos or price myself out of that market. But um, for me, it was a really good way to learn, and I, I enjoyed my time doing that. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it's better, at least back then, it was better than bad movies because oh, yeah. nobody sees the bad movies right. or very few right. people, but everybody saw music videos then. Yeah. And so your work's getting seen by a lot of people, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. which is fun. At least it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't help you be good, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I, uh, I had a great run, and you know you'd get to go off and do things in different places, and and the same people who did music videos did commercials, and and right. uh, you know I, I I don't know fifteen years worth of of commercials and music videos that were pretty solid, and there was. You know, I remember thinking that there was no real reason to ever move into doing movies or TV. I had a, you know, I had a pretty good run doing that. I'm, I'm grateful that it eventually happened, but a whole different, uh, a whole different lifestyle and way of, of working, doing the short term things, which at the time I really liked. Mm-hmm. Well, the lugging of gear is a bit of a, with all the short term right, things, right. a bit of a pain. But, <clears throat> but um. Yeah, I, I, I like the in and out thing too. Yeah, I started my career in commercials. Yeah, I don't know. I go back on forth, back and forth. I wish I had a bigger mix of both yeah. these days. Right, you know. Right, but um, but I noticed you were, so you were doing those movies, and you were doing all these music videos, right. and I guess commercials as well. Yep. And then there was what was your first movie out of that? Because I saw, I think it was Seraphin Falls. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, they're a little Which out of. I don't uh, think I saw, but. No, nobody saw it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No, I think uh, no. Uh, John Toll shot that, which for me was a big uh, was a big coup. Uh, and we actually did a movie just before that that uh, that nobody saw. Also, but for a very good reason. It was some horrible Lucy Liu thing called uh, Rise, which is a Blumhouse movie, I think. And I'd done wait back then. Yeah, I think that's what it was. No, it was uh, I think so. Oh. Okay. I could be totally wrong, but I but I because that would have been what the the late nineties. No, it was two thousand four or two thousand five. Oh, was that oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So um, no, I met John doing uh, uh, a couple of commercials with him that the the director brought me on to, and um, you know he's very quiet and and he's pretty demanding with things, and I thought he couldn't stand me, and then. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, I got the call to come do this this really low budget Lucy Liu thing, and it's like, well, I mean, how are you going to turn down John Toll, regardless yeah. of what the, you know, the rate the UPM's offering me? And uh, so I did that, and it seemed to go reasonably okay. And you know, I, well, I couldn't tell if he liked me on that or not either. And and uh, all of a sudden, a couple months later, I got called to do. B camera and steady cam on uh, on Seraphin Falls, which was uh, you know Liam Neeson and Pierce Brosnan Western in in New Mexico. And it, again, it's like uh, what a great learning experience working with uh, with John Toll and you know two and Oscars great and great actors and and uh, it was impossibly hard. It was Western in uh, uh, mostly in Santa Fe, but also in Taos, so really high elevations in the winter time, and it's snowing most of it, and, oh, and boy. it's you know it's brutal and and uh, but i learned a ton and you know he john was a great operator before being a great dp and 
lots of rules and sometimes the rules would change based on the shot and so it was hard to get into the groove but I you know I think I learned an awful lot and and uh you know one thing led to another and I ended up doing a bunch more bunch more shows with John and so it, it that sort of launched my uh, my feature thing and I I never intended on doing that. I was really happy doing commercials at the time. Right. And uh, Well, it's worked out for you because, I mean, commercials have died off a lot. Yeah. Not back then, but right. in right, the right. last few years, they certainly have. Um, but I know you did, um, so you went, you did Tropic Thunder. Yep. Which John Toll yep. shot. Okay. Yep. So what else did you do with him? I did the uh, the pilot for um, uh, Breaking Bad with John. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um what else? Odd Life of Timothy Green, which was a movie, a Jennifer Garner picture. I uh, did Iron Man 3 was the last right. thing. And then I was supposed to do uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk with John and Ang Lee, um, 2015, something like that. And that's when I hurt my back was right before then. And, you know, it was about to do the prep and, and was hurt on a job in New Mexico and thought, you know, I was going to have the epidural and that would be fine and oh. I'd be able to jump into that. And, and of course, that oh, that's when it didn't, didn't work. end up oh, working. Right. And so I had to turn it down. So Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, that's But the camera bad. package ended up being 119 pounds, so it probably wouldn't have been a great thing to... Uh, what they what 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 yeah. they shoot on? It they was, shot on IMAX or something? No, it was two. It was three D at one hundred and twenty frames, and so they were using F sixty fives. Oh, and the people that did it, the three D company out of Germany. Uh, I don't know what the deal was, but but uh, it ended up being just this huge monstrosity. So somebody did Steadicam with this? Yeah. Who? Uh, oh my! God. Totally drawing a blank. Uh, 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 Come back to me. On You'll that. think yeah, of it. I'll, You'll think of it. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy, whoever yeah. was. Yes. Um, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, why? Okay. Why were they shooting 120 frames? Uh, his new picture that uh, that's coming out, I think uh, that's also the same way. I don't know. There was only like two or three theaters that it was going to be able to be shown. So they high speed. run projection at 120. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't make it. I mean, uh, I didn't even know they had projectors that could do 120. Uh, apparent, I guess apparently, apparently somewhere. That's that's super weird. Yeah, it's super. Uh, is that called something or in 3D and at 120 frames? To an operator, it's called heavy. But well, I, I right. Don't, I don't. But it sounds like something you do for like an amusement park ride or right. so. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, for yeah. some for some like right. full 3D environment thing yep. or something. That's 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 really crazy. Huh? I had no idea. Um, was it some kind of action movie or something? Oh or? no. It's no. like a drama. It's Ang Lee, right? Yeah, so. it's Ang Lee. The whole thing takes place supposedly at a, uh, I think a uh, Dallas Cowboys halftime show. It's about soldiers coming back from the war and being honored at a halftime celebration. Okay. So, yeah, I never, I never worked on it. Didn't end up seeing it. Right. So, I, you don't but, know. so I don't, uh, I don't know. I remember reading the script and not and wondering why it was going to be shot the way it was going to be shot. But uh, that's as far as it went for me. Got it. So and, and, and John Toll's not—is he like a big? Three, he's not a big three D guy. No, that he? was his first uh, foray into that. I think. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. If you're, you know, he's a great guy to hire for anything, no matter sure. what you're shooting. Sure, at, sure, sure. No, I think he took it because it was, you know, it was Ang Lee, of course, and and uh, you know, anytime somebody's going to pay you to learn a new technology that may or may not take off, I sure, think, you know, it's it's a valid thing. So. Sure, and he but, doesn't have to pick it up. <laughs> No, although listen, John's John's uh, 
you know, he's not the the tallest or the biggest guy, but he's you know he he's a strong uh, strong dude. Yeah. So I, I he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't have shied away from that. I don't I, think. I'll take your word yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't I don't know the guy. <laughs> he's a lot tougher than I'll ever be. Sorry, my cat's making a visit it's here. It's all good. It doesn't bother. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So you did. You mentioned uh, Iron Man three, but you did like a bunch of other. You did Inception, right? I did a little bit of that. I did the uh, Canadian portion and maybe a week or two in in LA. Why the Canadian portion? They just needed somebody. Can uh, I don't know. I oh. I did uh, I, I did like I said some of the stuff in LA and and the Canadian stuff was happening right after that. So I know Scott Sakamoto did a little bit of work on that as well. And um, but you know Wally uh, Fister does his own operating, and so for me it was just you know being there as a B camera guy, and I did. One steady cam shot in L.A. I know there wasn't very much steady cam at all in that movie. I think there was somebody did some in, when they were in France, but uh, yeah, mostly. Oh yeah, hand, the French stuff because it's where they're in that like imaginary world walking around, right? I think there was a staircase shot that they did it on, but I, oh. I, could, I could be I could be a circular staircase, but wow, well, okay, I could be wrong. Ooh, circular staircase. Yeah. Glad it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. <laughs> me too. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. It was uh, for the part that I was there for. It was it was a really cool experience, and and working with Nolan was great, and and Wally's fantastic, and you know, just solid people that know what. No, they're I don't doing. know. That's why. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm such a fan of both of their work. Right. You know, it's, yeah. uh, That's really cool. Yeah. Um. Did you work with them again? After I have that? not. No. No. Okay. No. Cool. Um. Well, you also did. Oh, you did a movie. Oh, you did another big movie. A couple of big. You did an X Men movie. Uh, I did some second unit on oh, X Men First unit. Class. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, which was interesting. It was in <laughs> the part. I, I don't know how long I was there for. Maybe three weeks, something like that. And, and it was in on an island outside of uh, in Georgia. Uh, and it was supposed to be Costa Rica, but they were taking advantage of the Georgia tax incentives. Shocker. And so they brought. 200 250 tree palm trees in to replicate uh you know the coastline of costa rica and so there's all this action that's supposed to happen but it's you know georgia in the winter time is freezing and so they imported all these things from florida and you know it's 20 degrees it's 25 degrees whatever and they all start dying you had a cold streak yeah, yeah yeah no it was it was i mean i was wearing a parka the whole time i was there oh, wow and so all these these palm trees start dying and so the first recourse is to put these like restaurant propane heaters at the base of all of them, which of course doesn't work, and just so dries them out. Probably. Yeah, so they're they're now they're starting to turn brown, and so if we're looking, you know, east, the people to the west of us are, are up on on uh, scissor lifts or or condors spray painting them all. So they're by the time we're we're done, they're all spray painted green. Which oh is my interesting. goodness! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And those tax incentives. Oh yeah, great! They saved a lot of money. They, I'm sure. <laughs> what they what they saved in incentives, they yeah. spent on spray paint and palm trees. Yeah, no, and they all died, of course. Folks. And then <laughs> oh, I, and then we were in bad. some state or national park, and they had to redo the whole thing to the way it was. And I, you know, they oh, of course, you would have to restore yeah, it. Yeah, right? so all yeah. the palm trees were still in their crates. You know, they were three, four feet high, and they they'd raise the level of the sand to match that, so you didn't like see ramp yeah, everything up yeah. to it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then they, of course, had to get rid of all they actually plant the trees right, right. yeah oh yeah. wow lots of money saved on that 
<laughs> and you know the screwed up part is they probably still did save money. Yeah. But it's what a pain in the ass for a lot of people. Yeah. Boy, the art department on I, that. I can't show. even imagine. Oh. Right. Well, you could. You could probably see them running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah, no, they weren't. Uh, Damage control. They, they weren't very happy. I don't They're think. like, we got a crew of 200 over yeah. here. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's that's nuts. Um, okay, well, the other big one I noticed, or one of the other big ones, was Ender's Game. Yeah. Did you do that whole movie? I did, I did although I left at the end of that to do um, to do Iron Man three. So, okay. um, yeah, no, that was that was a pretty great film. I, I Don McAlpine shot that, who's absolutely fantastic, and uh, a guy named Gavin Hood was the director, who probably my favorite film experience was working with him he was absolutely fantastic and and passionate about what he was doing and really understood what all the gear was and how to maximize things and and really had a clear vision of what he wanted which compared to some of the people i've i've worked with was in sharp contrast i went to to do iron man 3 after that with shane black who was the director who I don't want to talk, you know, nonsense about somebody, but it was it was uh, it was a very different experience in working with Gavin was and and also did the the newer Fantastic Four with a guy named Josh Trank and it, it, the the difference between somebody like Gavin who has really got a very clear idea of what he wants and 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 that idea is actually really good uh, versus versus the other is uh, mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty dramatic going from going from Ender's Game to going to Iron Man three. So well, it sounds to me like you're you know working with like a real director and working with I I don't know what else to call the other version. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Was it was it a prepared thing or was it it's just an of knowledge a homework well, thing? He was really prepared and Gavin was really prepared mm-hmm. and he knew how to deal with actors and he knew how to deal with the crew and he knew how to lift everybody up to his level. You know, you, I mean, you, I don't know if you go into a project with preconceived notions of what's expected of you, mm-hmm. but. You know, I did really challenging things on that, and that I you know, at times I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do some tricky crane work and and uh, you know shots that that you know when you're they're first described, it's like, ah, I don't know how I'm going to do that, and then you sort of figure it out and you're you're pushed to to a higher you know level than you think you can do. And, and his thought is you can do it. Yeah, like supportive. Yeah, and he's there supporting right. you instead and, of just like figure something out kind of thing, yeah, like right. which is what a lot of people do. Right. Like they well, can can they come up with some shot right that you're like well we can't oh oh, oh just do it yeah. like you know what i mean there's no oh, I, I do i just got done with the show and i'm not going to mention the title of it but it's a it's a you know monstrous thing and and uh did the u.s portion of it which is a five-week thing and the first four weeks were with first unit and that was great and then they took off out of the country to do the remainder of the film and and the people that were there got stuck with the second unit guy who's a the director's a former stuntman mm and just the worst the worst really yeah and and it's you know no communication and you know just set something over you set something up over here and, and then he disappears and you set something up oh no that's horrible i hate that like uh, okay you know, tell me what tell you me, like tell me what you want and i'll get you whatever you want but the, but it's you know we were doing all kinds of crazy wire work and and 
had no idea where the people were going to be going. And then we just, you know, we're, let's not do a rehearsal. We're just going to shoot it. And then, of course, there's screaming about, you know, what, why are you framing it that way? Because like, I'm seeing it we're for the, winging it. I'm seeing it for the first time as you're seeing it. So, you know, we'll be much better on take two. But anyway, so, so yeah. it's nice working with people that understand the steps it takes to make something look the way it's supposed to look and it's nice to be pushed to a higher level uh but along the way to be supported in reaching that endeavor so right so enderscan for me was was great it was uh you know it was an interesting experience and working with great people and working with harrison ford and i mean you know it's it's funny how because i've had those experiences too um and in a certain way, it ruins you for other stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. especially when you go from one really great one to yeah. one that's not as great yeah. or much less. Yeah. It's just like, you know how good it can be and creative and collaborative and all that stuff. Right. And then you come on to something else where it's just like, uh, and gonna... if they're nice people, it makes it easier. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not commenting on, oh, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I don't know, yeah, sure. but, but if you go for, you know, if, if you go to something where they're not as knowledgeable, not as prepared, but they're really cool. Yeah, that's can that's tolerable. Sure. But if you go onto the ones, and this happens, I think, yeah, a bit. Tell me if you agree or not. When you when you you come on and somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Sure. But when you when they don't like it, like you just yeah. said, they they want to yell and scream or right. throw a fit. No, I think that that it's happens. Just, sure. On regardless of the size of thing and. Uh, you know, you you hope you don't get that picture, you don't get that TV show, or whatever it is, because there's plenty of people out there that are gifted in in not only what they do and what they expect of you, but also how to communicate, right? What their wishes are, and, and they look at you as a as a skilled right human being sure. worker who who's trying to do right their movie. I'm happy to do it either way. I mean, I'm happy for to get on something and have somebody you know just sure. you know this is exactly how I want you to pan and tilt and this is how I, you know, or I'm happy to work with somebody that's just, you know, this is sort of what I'm looking for. Just sure. make it look great. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy doing whatever, no, 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 but, but you certainly, you, you, you yeah. certainly hope that, that the people you're working with, whether it's the director or the DP, um, you know, I, they don't have to appreciate what I'm doing. Uh, you know, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but it's just, you'd like to be, given the right set of tools to to do the job and i don't mean you know a gearhead or whatever but just you know the information give me the information sure. that i need in order to you know get your vision onto the screen but i think the respect thing comes along with um so the the person like it sounds like gavin is great with you and respects what you do yeah. because he understands it right so the person who doesn't actually understand what you're doing yeah doesn't he he you know he thinks the kid with the iphone right is essentially the same as you yeah so he has no respect because he doesn't understand the job because he didn't sure. do his homework sure does that make sense yeah yeah okay so it's it they those things kind of go hand in hand it's i'm not saying it's always true but it, it definitely does yeah. go hand in hand by the way greg greg smith was the operator i can't believe oh, i totally blanked on his name but, but greg's the one that took my place on uh, on billy lynn back in the day greg smith yeah Wow, and legend. I, yeah, so yeah, no, fantastic. But how did he do it? I don't know. I oh don't. I don't think he was very happy doing it. Who would have been? Yeah. So oh, what do you do? Quadruple your rate and I, hope they say no. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, well, good for him for getting through. Yeah. I imagine they wouldn't. They can't do that much steady cam. I don't think there was. I think there was just a few scenes, and and, and I'm uh, sure with with the size and weight of something like that, yeah, the turnover to steady cam. I mean, unless they had a whole oh, no. other rig. No, there was. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I think it was a whole process. Right. It's yeah. like a whole bit. It's okay. Give us an hour and a half. We'll give, switch yeah. right over to steady cam. Yeah, right. I, th- yeah. I think so. Yeah, I knew you'd remember. That. Yeah. No, I just. <laughs> I feel really shitty for for drawing a blank on that, but ah, well, there are yeah. a lot of names yeah, yeah, and a lot of yeah. a lot of different jobs. So, how long ago was that anyway? I think 2015, 2014, okay, something few, like that. A few years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see another movie. Well, you did a couple of movies that I really like. Mm-hmm. You apparently went through a little comedy phase, or that's the way it looks in your credits, because I think it started with Evan Almighty. Yeah. Um, and I know that was shot in Virginia. No. Yep. And Charlottesville, then, and then um, oh, in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. I went to college pretty couple hours from there. Oh, nice. Um, well, okay. Nice is <laughs> okay. you know I had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but um, uh, Charlottesville is a little bit much bigger city. Sure. I went to yeah. Anyway, um, um, so was it? I don't know how. Was it just by chance, or did you become the comedy guy for a minute there? I I don't know because you because I think it 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 went I think. Uh, Evan Almighty, I Love You Man, and then Tropic Thunder. I think that was the order, and those are all yeah, maybe. comedies, obviously. Right, yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, well, yeah. obviously, it, it's nothing to it because you haven't even considered it. Yeah, so. no, I, I, yeah, I don't, you're, you're right, though. But I, I, I mean, we all, I don't know if you go through cycles or what. I just, you know, the phone rings and I pick it up and off you go. Sure. Uh, Evan Almighty was interesting. It was, it was, I, I sort of consider that the, the second movie I've done. And maybe that's not true if you think about all the uh, all the really terrible movies way back in the day with Roger Corman. But that was right after um, Seraphim Falls, okay, with Toll. And my assistant on on uh, Seraphim Falls was a guy that I've worked with a whole bunch named Clyde Bryan, who retired a couple of years ago. But he, you know, he started his career at, at you know early 70s mid 70s back at roger corman uh doing the same kind of terrible movies i did and and but worked with uh pretty much every great dp that you've ever heard of and and uh i've um, seen his name yeah isn't yeah, it yeah. clyde e brian yeah yes yeah, 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 yeah. i've seen his yeah, name i've no, never met the guy i couldn't pick him out of a crowd he's fantastic he's yeah, yeah. absolutely fantastic and and Clyde was on my camera on Seraphim Falls, and I would know that I was doing something wrong if, if uh, you know, I was operating and I would tilt somewhere where I shouldn't be tilting because I'd hear a, uh, in my ear. Like, oh, really? Well, maybe I won't do that on the next one. And I'd look over at him afterwards and go, don't do that. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> that's that's Yeah, so no, cool. and I mean, he essentially taught me how to operate the way I should operate on a movie. But so we were, we, we ramped that up, and, and Clyde was going on to Evan Almighty, and talked to the dp and he was looking for somebody to do steady cam and, and b camera on that and uh clyde recommended me and i know he was the dp was looking at several other people so i you know i got very fortunate i guess i did something right and there wasn't too many size uh you know on, on <laughs> the, the first time around at right. least enough to justify it but you know uh, evan almighty was a huge movie and and to, mm-hmm. to think that that was i think it was supposedly the most expensive 
comedy ever made, at least at the time. And of course, it didn't make it's any like over a hundred million dollars. Oh, right? it was like one hundred seventy-five. It oh. was it was big. It was tons. Who shot of, into, Who shot that? Guy named Ian Baker, who's an Australian mm. DP, and Tom Shadiak was the was the director who did Bruce Almighty and and tons of uh, tons of other stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, he did Ace Ventura. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And Tom was Tom was fantastic. The the DP and I didn't we had a hard time on that. He was not a very operator friendly guy. And the A camera operator um, had had uh, come out of retirement to do this picture and had worked with him five or six times before. A guy named uh, uh, Aaron Pizzanti, who's retired now. Mm. Um, and I think that every time he worked with him, he would forget what a miserable experience it was. Wow. And then he would get onto the show and like within the first couple of days there'd be yelling and it's like, Why am I doing this? Right. Um and, and so, there's this weird thing about quitting and stuff. I mean Yeah, well it was very it was funny because on, on Evan Almighty every day in the van the two of us would be riding back and Aaron would be complaining and talking about quitting and I would try and get him out of quitting because it's like oh, if he quits maybe I'm going to get bumped up to the A camera and oh. all of a sudden I'm going to get <laughs> more into, scrutiny. Yeah, I, it's going to be even worse but it was it was <clears throat> really it was a tough movie which is odd because the, other than the DP every other factor about that was wonderful the deep, the director was absolutely a dream to work with the you know the stuff we were doing was you know it didn't it didn't do well as a picture and I don't it's certainly not my favorite thing that I've worked on, but it was it was interesting to be a part of when we were doing some really big stuff and and uh, I and enjoyed you had really like, good actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're we're. I mean, it sounds yeah, no, like Steve everything Carell else was, was, such was just a, nice... a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. But I mean, an example of that is we were on techno cranes for for a lot of it, and we had these little tents that we would set up our controls in to keep the reflections off, and and mm -hmm. uh, you know the DP would come up and he would say now. Whatever you do on this shot, don't pan left because there's a hot spot, and I can't. You can't can't do it. Okay, great. And, and as he would leave, he would say, you know, in fact, I'm going to lock the head. And he'd turn the controls off. Okay, and then we'd shoot the rehearsal, and the kid that was in it would, of course, do a big banana to the left. And you can't get him. And well, he'd lock the head because you can't see that spot, and it's like I'm I'm trusting what he says. And so all of a sudden, I hear these footprints coming in the, you know, towards the tent. I'm like, oh. God, here we go and he'd come through the tent he said what are you doing well you told me not to to pan left because of the hot spot and in fact you lock the head i said yeah but when the actor goes to the edge of the frame yeah, but you lock the head you lock the head <laughs> and so it was like this weird no win situation mm. and after a while you just lose your confidence of course and you know it's like well what you know what's he expect from me on this shot and and it's like it's not you know so all of a sudden you're not listening to your internal thing about you what know you just good. go with it you're starting to go what won't he yell you're, at me well you're about. starting to think about everything as opposed to just letting it happen and you know not thinking about what your hands are doing but just you know what i mean you, you don't your creative uh you know aspect is, is sort of taken away from you and, and you're right. just worried about what you know what the response at the monitor and your be. feeling of doing good shots for him is right. super diminished because right. the guy's not being a nice guy to you yeah it was a really weird job on, on is something he still that, in the business no no okay. he's retired got it yeah. yeah so was he a miserable human being in general he was great off the set 
Really? And 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 he was great to the assistants, and he was great to the grips, and great to the electricians. But so they for, all loved him. Yeah, but he, for whatever reason, both Aaron and myself were just in the hot seat constantly. And again, Aaron had totally forgotten about it, and this is like his sixth movie or so with him, and and would just forget. Right. And his son was was Aaron's son was on my camera as my second. And we're like, yeah, it's like this every movie, and he just can't remember that. <laughs> forgets. About. So you would say he forgets how yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, so terrible. Funny. And and you know that. Well, I guess he was nice to the assistants, but yeah. it does bleed down to assistants because I know I've been in some similar situations and. You know, you you vent yeah. to them. <laughs> sure. Well, I just you know not a ton, I, but I, I you know, think they hear it. You know, I don't I don't like to to put my problems on anybody else. But you know, when you're all occupying the same space right. and one of you is getting yelled at, you know, it's like it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not awkward. just for me, but for them. And it's just you know, they of course are wishing that I do well. A because that's what you as a normal person would hope, but then you also don't want to have to listen to that and. You know, you end up in a in a really weird situation all the way around. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a, it was a, it was a fun movie. Other than that, and and uh, it's unfortunate that that's how it was. But you know, I learned an awful lot. And and uh, how the, many? How long were you there? It was a long time. We were there. It was maybe a hundred days, something like that. So it was. We shot a bit in L.A. beforehand, and then also afterwards. But mm. we were we were in Virginia for a long time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let's uh let's take a break here. Let's good. take a five and turn the AC back on. Very good. Okay, we're back. <laughs> after after bullshitting for a while and yes. telling stories we can't tell on here. Yeah. <laughs> All the secret stories. Anybody who wants to know can email me and ask me. And I'm probably still won't tell you. Yes. But anyway <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> I'll tell them all yours, but I won't tell any of mine. That's a smart approach. <laughs> um, so what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about your comedies. Yes. And um, there was another movie that I noticed that was out of the Slums of Beverly Hills. Y- yeah. Just kind of a dramedy. Yeah. I was only there one day on that. I'm not sure how that ended up on uh, IMDb, but uh, yeah, Tom oh. Richmond, I'd done a couple of... Oh, did Tom Richmond shoot that? Yeah. Oh. A couple of music videos with him prior to that and came in and did, uh, yeah, I think it might have only been one shot uh, walking down a long hill. So, mm. yeah. At least down. Yeah. Down is good. Down that was, was a long time ago. That was back in the 90s. Somewhere. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I forgot about that movie because it was like your good movie amongst your not so good movies. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that movie turned out very well. Yes. I liked it. Yeah. And I worked with that director many at the very beginning of my study camp yeah. career um tamra jenkins yeah yeah she was great yeah yeah, yeah. um oh so you only did one day okay yep. well i knew, i figured it was day playing or something but um because i think if memory serves jonathan brown did days on that i think so okay yeah anybody else i don't think so it's probably super low so they oh we need study cam tomorrow who right. can we call I, I think that's what it was right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um no, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, what else was there? Oh, I Love You, Man, another comedy you did. Yeah. Um, Siegel, Jason Siegel. Yep. And Rudd. Yep. Paul Rudd. Yep. Yeah. Funny movie. There was some good stuff. It was fun well, to work on? It was fun to work on. Yeah, Larry Sure was the uh, was the DP, and I didn't... Uh... I didn't know him prior to that, and I, I somehow got a call, and, and uh, yeah, no, it was, it, 
it was a lot of fun, uh, and, and Paul was great. And I got to, uh, I was a big Rush fan growing up. And, oh, you were? Yeah, and there's a scene in there where they go to a Rush concert, so I got to... Uh, uh, do Did you meet the guys in Oh, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to oh, do a yeah. shot. I mean, Neil, the drummer, is very notoriously uh, shy about things and not outwardly. Friendly is not the right word, but doesn't uh, doesn't like to interact with people very much. Uh, but I got to do a shot looking over his shoulder, and at some point he turned back to me before he started playing, just saying, you know, put some earplugs in. It's going to be very loud. So I had my little oh, really? little tiny interaction with him, That's which, so which, cool, which, which was great. So You're uh, making Colin Hudson super jealous right now. Well, and Colin's go. met them all yeah, yeah. and done a video with them, but yeah. he didn't have that, I don't think. Yeah, Maybe he no, did. It was, it, was, uh, it was very <laughs> cool, and I knew better than to, than to interact and to say anything. I just kind of backed off. You already let, knew let, of his let, reputation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, it was cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm surprised, like, a guy like him, he has how many drums? I mean, he has drums in a whole circle, oh, yeah. like, right. around his head. Yep. <clears throat> he's such, he's seen, he appears to be, like, a big gearhead. Yep. And it, it seems to me he would be interested in the rig and the gear and the stuff. Was... We were just on uh, on a dolly behind him, so maybe if, oh, I, you weren't in the maybe rig. if I'd had the rig on, it would have been more interesting. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I know many years ago I did some stuff in... Um, the capital the capital records studios mm-hmm. um that's a really cool have you shot in there no oh man if you get the chance it it's um or if you get the chance to just go in there there's only two studios there's one big one and then there's one pretty small one yeah but when you walk in it's all underground so you walk down a hill and then you realize like i'm pushing my cart with my gear on it and there's all these black and white photos and it's everybody who's recorded there oh, and you're wow. like Oh the oh the Beatles and it, it's all in that room. You're like oh the Beatles, oh the Rolling Stones, oh Led Zeppelin, oh Elvis, oh like every single one is as big as the last and like huge every huge artist you've ever heard of. It's so crazy. That's pretty awesome. And and I shot it was a Japanese like lounge singer singing um, <laughs> singing what do they call them the standards? Yeah. So standards, but with a forty piece orchestra. Yeah. Including the drummer in a in a in a separate room, and then a guitarist with his whole thing going on, and all these guys, and then a jazz pianist that is this super famous improviser who doesn't read music. Yeah, this kind of older guy, and it was just so cool. And so, like the drum guy and the guitar guy, and even the even the piano guy, and I had a nice, a really nice chat. But um, but they were like, oh man, that's such a cool rig, you know. And one of the violin ladies was like, I think I heard you squeak during the thing. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like yeah. she started bitching to the conductor and he's like, hey, that Brad, right? Just do your best to not make. I'm like, no problem. Sorry about that. Wow. And everything's like dead sound in there. So it's 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 just super cool. That's pretty awesome. I, I don't I never saw what we shot or anything. I don't even know what it was. I can't even remember what it was for. But I think it was maybe the record company wanted like behind the scenes stuff or I'm gonna veer off course for a second. Please you, do. You're talking about the veer. Japanese artist reminded me of some music video I got called four years and years ago. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe so I so anyway, it's some young uh guy who's supposedly the 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 next thing in Japan, and it's a duet with him and some other guy who I don't know what what the the equivalent here would be, but I'm guessing like a Frank Sinatra of Japan. So it's, okay. the, it's the two different generations of very popular. Oh, and the young one and yeah, the old one, correct? Right, got and it. so 
I don't know any about this. I, I show up and I think we're shooting at the Mayan Theater downtown, and it's you know it's one guy's playing a guitar in a chair, and the other guy's behind a piano or so. It's, anyway, the, the two of them are situated looking at each other, and they want me to do these figure eights. And so then it says the director says, you know, you know, I need you in show blacks because the other camera is going to be photographing you. And it's, I, I didn't bring any. I didn't know it was going to be that kind of thing. I don't have. You know, I don't have any show blacks to wear. So because we're I don't down, even think I actually own show black. Like I, I don't I don't think I have a black pair of pants. Well, I certainly did after this day for what's gonna be very obvious. So I I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. Like, oh well we're we're close to the fashion district. We'll just send somebody out to get some 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 stuff for you. Really? What you know, what do you need? I'm like, well, you know, get me some sweats so I can move, just some you know, some large sweat. I'm a big dude, give me some large sweats. They come back with these like size thirty-two pants that are you know that, that come up to about halfway up my shin and can't snap and i put these things on some wardrobe girl is like these are huge i'm i'm not i'm not gonna wear these like we gotta go we gotta shoot and so somehow somewhere in japan in this what I, i'm guessing because of the people involved was probably a pretty popular thing oh my there's some gosh. very large american and some very tiny pants <laughs> doing figure eights around these two people so i <laughs> what ways are you I'm, uh, like, I'm a 36. It, I mean, you're a big guy, too. Not 32. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, well, I, th- I mean, 32 is pretty... Yeah. Is, you know, for, or, a guy or, or what, for a guy your height is or, would be very skinny. Or for whatever they were. They were they were not they adequate. Were, they were much smaller than yeah. they needed to be. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So you're on so you're on film wearing these oh, pants yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you've which just is, given me homework assignment to which, find. Which is not not the first time I've been on something interesting in, in a different outfit in, in on Japanese television. One, one of my uh, early <laughs> early jobs at, at uh, Corman, we were finishing up a movie, and it was like the last night of the thing, and it was an all-night, you know, 20-hour day or whatever it was. And back then, Roger Corman's studio, if you call it that, was an old Anawalt lumber yard in Venice and the place where they the room where they built all the sets the wood shop up above there was like this big chicken wire enclosure where all the props from previous movies were and at some point I looked up there and there was this chicken suit it's like I you know we're getting hammered we're getting killed I'm gonna hop up there and wear the chicken suit for the last shot of this movie because it was it was all steady cam we were all just getting beat and you know at this point you're just so tired that everything's funny and it's like i'm, I'm gonna wear that stupid you're gonna, thing you're gonna wear the chicken suit i'm gonna wear the chicken the suit so the the amusing part was that there was a japanese documentary being filmed about corman and they're on set filming us you know doing whatever stupid things we're doing including me wearing the chicken suit but it was a, it was a rooster suit more specifically and the rooster tail because of the vest and where the arm uh, hung out, the zipper was in the back. And so in order to get the arm hanging out of the suit, I had to reverse it, which meant that the rooster tail was positioned very much so. <laughs> in your crotch area. In my crotch and extending out. As so though you basically had the thing on backwards. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, so there's a picture of that somewhere. <laughs> You're wearing. <laughs> I'm not proud of any of this. I'm just, I don't know why I'm spouting it off to your. Oh, <laughs> your it's, so it's in a documentary. It didn't make the documentary. Oh, Did I have no idea. It? I never. Thankfully, mm. I never saw it. Wow, <laughs> your story about a Japanese crew though reminds me of a music video I did <clears throat> way back in the day. I think in 
Palm Desert or some, one of those places where, you know, the call time was 4.30 a.m. or yeah. whatever. And you drive, you have to drive two hours. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I get there and it's in the, you know, it's desert. It's yeah. like, you know, and that's the look. It's in the middle of sand everywhere. Sure. And they've got me, I think it was a 4.35 or something, but they've got me doing the whole song, which is six minutes long. It, it, well, we're rolling out, but or maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe it was just under five or something. Anyway, yeah, whatever. Doing rollouts, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, we're we're rolling out every time, pretty much. Um, and but they've got me doing like I'm super wide, and I'm like fifty yards away from the band, and they've got me doing a half circle back and forth. That's all I'm doing, right? For like I don't know, eight thousand feet of film. Yeah. That's all they have me do yeah. on like a 40. Yeah. And it, it it's brutal. It's windy as fuck. So the whole thing, it looks like shit. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's just me like walking and like soft sand. Yeah. So brutal. And, uh, and finally like on, you know, on take 18, in the middle of the take, I'm just like, nope. Like it's, I'm putting it down. Yeah. And I put the rig down and the guy's screaming and yelling and Japanese. Yeah. And there's like a someone with him that's not a translator, but he's like, he would like to tell you, like he's trying to, yeah. And he, you know, and I'm I like, can, I can guess what he's trying to tell you. I'm like tired. I'm yeah. tired. Tell him I'm tired. We can't. We already got this. Like I can't. You know. Yeah. And 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 then she, you know, I think she was like blah blah blah, and tries to tell him something. He goes, oh, sweaty. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 108 degrees yeah, out. You know. Of course. And he goes. Okay, uh, and then and then he says something to her in Japanese, and she goes, "Okay, we move on." And I'm like, oh, "God, I'm doing Asian accents, yeah, uh, which I should not be doing. I'm sorry, it's so I, bad." But anyway, you get the point. Yeah. And and she's like, "Oh, he he says we're gonna move on," and I'm like, "Great." And then it was like onto the coverage, and apparently they were waiting for either me or the American DP to be to like, say something. We, we got, got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because the DP was asleep. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, right. conked out. We just we've done this. Yeah, I mean this. We've been at this for hours. Oh, and then he's like, oh, good. Like, like what the? And the yeah. whole rest of it was. Yeah. I mean, it was so brutal. I just anyway. Yeah, well, I've talked about how, how my experiences with music videos has yeah. been, and <clears throat> um, I'm sure were there any like that for you, or or when you were doing them, they were more. They were a little more specific in their use of Steadicam, weren't they? No. Uh, yes and no. I, I did a... Uh, I, I've done several things that that uh, that pushed me to the point where, you know, I, I, I didn't know you could get to a breaking point. Where you're a little worried you might fall. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did a... Uh, oh, God, I can't think of the name of the band. Was it a good band or a bad no, band? No, it, it was a big band. Uh, mm. And it was a one or... I'm just going to assume it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was not. Damn it. No. <laughs> it, it'll come to me. And okay. I, it, it's out there somewhere, but I'm certainly not proud of it. But we spent the the morning rehearsing, and it was all on the beach at Zuma. Mm. And it was maybe a 100-yard walk. Maybe it was longer than that, starting at the beach and then walking up towards sort of where the the parking lot area oh, deeper is. Deeper and deeper sand. But doing, you know, sort of 360s as we went and at some point it's like I, we should stop rehearsing this and we should start oh, shooting. Oh, because you're rehearsing with camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. god. Yeah. It's like it's it's at some point 
you know, we just need to start doing it. And by the time we started doing it, I, you know, we had a couple of broken takes. I think I may have done one that was adequate uh, before I just had a grip on either side of me holding me up by my belt because I just, you know, my legs just weren't going to go anymore. And then we called it a wrap. And because wow. we'd spent all the time. Like the whole video was that? Yeah. Oh, it was a one Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, with the step on the on a Titan at the end of it. And oh as God! A car, so it was it was really dicey. Stepping on a Titan when you're super dead tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that's talking I mean, about. It's a fun idea for a shot. Yeah. If he could have just devised a cut in the middle of it. Well, I think my <laughs> my error in that and and what I would have done differently is just insisted on having a second operator there, and mm-hmm. it, the thought just never occurred to me, and I didn't. You know, no one. Well, the advanced. problem is a lot of times they don't tell you all those details right. until yeah. you get there. No, I think by right. design it's. And certain. by the time we'd figured that out, it was like you know we're never going to get anybody down here to Malibu, and I I don't know if that was it wasn't pre cell phone, but cell phone range was was much more limited back then, and not everybody had one kind of thing. Yeah, and right, it was right, right, right. anyway. So it wasn't so we, we everybody wasn't completely connected. Right? Yeah, so right. I've had several days like that, as I'm sure. Perhaps you have, or certainly some of your listeners have, where you know you don't realize that you know you can hit the end of your energy bank, and that it's just you, there's nothing left in reserve. And and that was a day where I discovered that. So yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because politically, oh, that was a ding. Politically, how do you deal with that? I mean, it's so hard because you get there and you're like, uh, yeah. this is. I might not be able to do this. Like, yeah. so. Well, politically, it didn't go very well. I didn't work with any of those people ever again. And, and right. In one case, that wasn't such a bad thing. But, but uh, right. you know, it, it, it's never bad to it, keep connections. It, if I <laughs> if I'd pulled it off, it would have been you know certainly a feather in my cap. And you always want to when you show up assume that you're going to get everything that but, people expect had you, you to worked get. With the, had you worked with these people before? I'd worked at the DP before. Okay. And yeah. he signed you up for this. Yep. Knowing the shot. Yep. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Based on what? I mean. Based on having worked together a couple of times He just before. thought since you did Steadicam well, that you could floats, do that. right? Right. Yeah. That was his. Yeah, so. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You live and learn, and hopefully you ask questions in the future. And, and although that's not always possible, and you certainly on day calls don't always know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I've had a couple of rough ones on yeah. day calls. Yeah. You know, especially, I think I've told a story about it on the podcast. I'm, it, we're getting along here in podcasts. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm starting to forget the stories sure. I already yeah, told. Of course. So my apologies. But uh, one where... Um, you know, I showed up and they beat the hell out of me on the rate and I come in and then it's 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 a oneer for the internet. So it's like three minutes and thirty seconds long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a music video, but it's like no, a, right. you know. But um so I've I've definitely been there and then you're just pissed yeah. all day. Yeah. Number one, they didn't tell me what it was at all. Right. You know, and then number two, they are beating me up on the rate, knowing that the whole shot was me. Yeah. Unbelievable! This yeah, business. No. We were talking about how much we love the business and how great everything is all the time. Oh, in, it's always in wonderful. the break. Yeah, and um, and we were really lamenting on how everyone is super nice and friendly, and no one is ever uh, underprepared or untalented. Of course, and um, I love that about the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's only getting better. So you you've got that to look forward to for the rest of your uh, lengthy career. 
Oh my God! Yeah, you're. Uh, are you? How old are you? Are you? You're like my age, or a little older? Uh, Forty nine. Okay, you got me. You yeah. got me by a few years. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I mean, how much longer do you think you want to do? I mean, you're not doing Steadicam anymore, but how much longer do you think you want to operate? Uh, I don't know. Do you have other aspirations? No. You don't want to direct. You don't no. want to shoot. No, I think those uh, those windows have, have closed. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm not passionate about lighting, which I think you have to be to be a DP. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I certainly like being on the camera, and uh, I'll I'll do that as long as they'll have me. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, but so how long? Well, as long as you ha- as long as they'll have you, could be a while. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I think there's, you know, I've certainly seen cases of ageism, just like you see it with, with other things. So, I you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but you're, you're, it's not like you're an old guy or anything. No, 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 no. But I, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm content doing what I'm doing for now. And, and hopefully, you know, if one day I, I'm not the same way, hopefully I'll be in a position where I can, you know, walk away to something else or to nothing. Or, you know, for when I stopped doing Steadicam, it was, you know, I knew in the back of my head that it was time, but there, I didn't really realize it until all of a sudden I was, you know, on a job, as, as we talked about. Right. And, and it became really apparent that I don't have to do this anymore and I can do something that I really enjoy. And hopefully if there's, you know, a transition that needs to be made in the future, hopefully it will be clear and apparent like it was the right. last time. Well, you know, you just made me think of something because it's funny at the beginning, at the beginning of our careers as Steadicam operators, the work that we get initially is all because we do Steadicam. Yeah. That's all you get. Right. You get a music video or commercial or some short film or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then as you work in the business and you do a A camera or B camera, Steadicam, whatever, suddenly it's just one of the things that you do. Yeah. And you get hired as an operator. So it's, it's interesting to me that like it took you until that moment to realize like, oh, this isn't what gets me work anymore. Right. Like, well, it's part of what gets me work, but it's right. not the thing that gets me work. Right. Well, it's it's weird because I didn't, I wasn't sure how, as I think I said, I, I wasn't sure how that transition was going to be. You know, people are used to hiring me in one capacity. And yes, I do operating and, you know, all, all that that entails as well. But people see you as a steady cam guy. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was I wasn't sure about is, you know, if I'm working with one DP is the A or B camera operator, and then all of a sudden I'm no longer doing steady cam. That means he's going to be looking for a new guy. And how does that work with me within his crew? And there's, you know, there's been several people that, um, you know, when the cards were reshuffled, didn't include me anymore. It just right. it moved in a different direction. And I, I, I assumed that was going to be the case for all the people I worked with. And, <laughs> and thankfully, I, I've, I've found, you know, homes with some really great people that I knew before, um, but that have just somehow made room for me. And right. it's, it's worked out really well. But, you know, you never know until it, until it actually happens. You hope it's going to be that way. It's like, you know, you hope uh, as an sure. operator, whether it's Cam or otherwise, that well, that can be tough though because you know, you if let's say you're B steady for for a DP, yeah. and then they've got their normal their A, and yeah. you you know you're sure. you work on all their jobs, and then you're like, hey, I don't do steady cam anymore. Yeah. It's tough because yeah, 
Well, what are they going to do? Let go of their A operator? No, and th- and that's that's happened in a couple of cases with people that I would uh, just as soon still be working with. It. But it's you know it 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 is what it is, and it's just part of the business. And I you know I I didn't uh, you know I I knew you I mean you never know what you, if you're working with somebody you really like you hope that's going to continue indefinitely, but it doesn't uh, doesn't always mean that it's going to. And I you know somebody like. John Toll that I used to I had a ten year run with him yeah uh, and it was great and I I consider him to be my mentor and I learned a ton of stuff and I because of him hiring me it meant that other people could hire me it meant they legitimized what I was doing and who I was in right. the industry um, you know but he's got people that he works with and and I haven't worked with him since shifting gears and, and going into conventional operating exclusively and and well I assume he hired somebody else on that other on that movie that you couldn't do and then yeah is he no, still... it, was, it was Greg Smith and then Greg oh, Smith Greg. ended up retiring and I, I'm oh, not right. sure who he's who he's right, worked right, with right. so it's you know but it's people tend to stick with their same yeah 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 and I, I mean listen a 10 year run with somebody like John I'll take that amazing anytime yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like if, if, if we never work again I, I'm grateful for the time we had and I if we do, then I'll be really, really stoked about that. But you know, you can't count on anything in this, and and uh, you know, it's just part of part of the deal mm-hmm. in uh, in our line of work. Yeah, isn't isn't his son an operator? Uh, his son's a, a first AC. Chris, his son's a first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought he might, didn't even. Okay, he might have. I don't know. I worked well, with I don't him know last guy, year for so. a couple of days as a, as a as a first. So I oh, you know, he okay. might be might be trying to work his way up. If so, I'm sure he'd be really good at it. He's he's a talented guy. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool though the family business thing. Wait, um, I'm thinking of. Um, well, no, I was thinking of him, but there's also who is it? Jack Green, who had like so many kids and stuff. And then I've heard so many nice things about mm-hmm. them. I don't. I don't. I I think I knew Peter. I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Anyway, I'm just, I don't know why I'm blabbing about that. It's all good. But, no, I find it, I find it interesting. I just wondered, I thought he was one of the other operators, but um, is he like his A first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, that's cool. Uh, oh, what else? Oh, so there's another movie I wrote down, but I think you were just day playing Suicide Kings. Yeah. Uh, n- yes and no. I, I, it's funny. I started off. Chris Baffa shot that, and I'd done a bunch of movies with Chris, including the uh, the day I, night I dressed up as the chicken. Um, <laughs> and that started off as I think that was perhaps Chris's first big movie outside of doing Roger Corman sized things. And it started off as being like a forty day thing, and yeah, you know, forty days of Steadicam, great. And then I got a call, and yeah, it's been downshifted to like. 12 or something like that like, uh-huh. okay, okay you know I'm, I'm just happy doing whatever and then uh get call yeah it's it's back up to 24 days or something like great and then i i and show, you haven't started yet no right so i show up on the thing and i and chris comes up and says i just heard it's only three days Oh, okay, okay, correct. But you were operating. I was doing B camera and steady cam one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, what whatever it is, I'm I'm I'm, here, I'm grateful right. to be here. So we do the first day, there's no steady cam. And we do the second day, and I think there might have been like a, a five foot push in or something. Uh-huh. No big deal. And then the third day, and these are all incredibly long days, they're like sixteen hour days, seventeen hours, so, something ridiculous. We're just getting pummeled hour wise. Mm-hmm. So the third day 
an hour 14. And you know, it, it, at some point, it's like, well, okay, so they call me back for the third day. That's that's my three days. I get a call. Hey, we're doing this Target commercial. You available? It starts tomorrow. Yeah. I'm. You know. Oh, wait. So you were just be steady. Yeah. On the days they needed. On the steady. days. Right. Correct. So it was normally just a one camera show. Right. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, who knows? But that that's how it was. That was sort of, your deal. That was my deal. So your deal was not, you're there the whole movie and we'll right. use Steadicam a few it days. It started off as that and then it changed multiple times. And by I the time it. we Ended started, it just three days. Three days. So, Including day one, two, and three. Correct. So, <laughs> right, got it. so on day three, I get this call. Are you available tomorrow to come into this target commercial? Told, right. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm on my third day. Great. So I take this thing. My mistake was not going in and saying something to the DP. Are we sure it's not more days? Right, sure. So it gets to be like hour 13 and three quarters. And they're like, okay, we're going to set up the massive Steadicam shot. And it's right as we start moving stuff. And it's like, it's like a three-page. It's this ma- huge thing going downstairs, I think. And, and, and holy shit, how are we ever going to get this before we wrap? And then the and this is hour fourteen already. Something like that. And so the producer comes in at hour fourteen and says, "Pulling the plug, not going to do days like this anymore. See you tomorrow." Right. So at that point, it's like, "Oh shit! Well, we didn't didn't get this huge shot. Obviously, that's tomorrow, but I'm already booked on something else." Hmm. So that's when I have the uncomfortable conversation with. <laughs> With the DP, hey, right. hey, by the way, so I'm not available for your thing because three days we've done three days, and it's like, yeah, but we were going to add days. I, I, I never knew that, and yeah, so oh, man. my fault early in the early in my career, not you know not having gone in and and done this, uh, you know, had, had this conversation. But hey, I thought, well, that's kind of not on your end. I mean, I yes, okay, it would have been good to go to him and be like, hey, I got a call, well, just would, making sure you don't need me tomorrow. Well, that would have been the smart move. I of course didn't take the smart move, and well, and, that's uh, how you learn. And that's uh, how you learn what the wrong move is. Yeah, sure. So, so anyway, Dan Ayers ended up getting the call. I've heard it was Dan called him, said this is what they're paying me. Obviously, they're in a bind. Try and get it, you know. Try and get something different if you can, because there's no other options. It was like one o'clock in the morning oh or something, God, something late, really? and for the next wow. day, and yeah. and. Uh, uh, you know, Dan ended up working with Chris for years, oh. maybe ten years after that. No way, yeah, really. It was a huge run for him, and, and because you know, and it all good, started with that day. It all started on that day. That's funny. So, well, good for them. I yeah. mean, look, you your career hadn't been so bad either. No, it ended up working out okay for me. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's funny the way it works out, and things that you you know, in retrospect, you would do differently. But uh, I have a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, and 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 specifically related to saying yes to stuff yeah i had and there's a still a thing i don't know how big it is now but when i was getting into steadicam early 2000s um it was a whole thing with um rates yeah oh we have to make sure don't don't screw people over don't lowball people don't lowball people and it was like and i was reading the forums every single day every single post so i was trying to learn everything i could about it yeah so i'm like man and it really got beat into my head like don't screw anybody over and florida was one thing because there was very few people to screw over if any right but then when i moved to la i really had that in my head like you know don't do these low budget jobs where they're trying to screw you. What what I don't realize is 
they only had $500. Yeah, like, right. they weren't lying to you and trying to get a deal. Sure. They just, they scraped together 500 to get Steadicam. Yeah. And now you're telling them it's not enough and no. Yeah. And, and, and you're new. You know, I was still new. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes, like, I know there were people who did a lot of those jobs. Yeah. Who did every single jo- job that called. Right. And they're like bigger operators than me now. Yeah. I'm a very small operator. They are big operators is what I'm trying to say. Sure. They surpassed me by a long shot. And, and, um, and so that's my regret. Yeah. And it's something that can't really be fixed. Right. You only have one chance to start your career. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm knowing that I never screwed anybody over. Certainly willingly. Yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah. But also knowing that, you know, that student film that wanted to pay me $500 wasn't trying to rip anybody off. No, sure. And I think starting <laughs> off is, is difficult for anybody. I mean, back in, in the day with me, there were a couple of places, you know, like Corman that, that hired Steadicam guys and, and, you know, they paid what they paid. And it was the same with me as it would have been for you, as it would have been with whoever it was. You know, if you took the job, it was going to be what it was going to be. Right. Um, and then there were other things where you would, you know, you'd work up from there, but it was always difficult. And, you know, back then there wasn't the Internet. So you'd hear rumors of, oh, I've heard of that guy, but I've never, you know, I've never actually talked to him. And, you know, because you were never on the same set with somebody, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I had like five guys that I knew in case right. gear went down or we'd go hang out and have a beer or something. But it's like, you know you were sort of on your own with raid and it's like i don't you know i don't want to step on toes and i don't want to i certainly don't want to undercut somebody and and you know oh they they you know they said they were going to work for this i'll work for less than that i mean you you, you certainly oh, they, you hear stories have done you, that. you hear stories about that but i've I, had that I, done to me is once that right? oh, on a movie oh, really bad crazy really bad. crazy yeah 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 so, but it was, you know, it was a little simpler time back then. And I, I, I'm, well, I'm sure that sort of thing happened. You didn't really hear about it, but it's, you know, it's difficult knowing that you need experience and you need experience, not running around with a camcorder in your backyard. You need it with a, with an actual camera on a set, learning right. how, how to be on the right. set and, you know, what your role is and, right. uh, you know, how do you get that experience? And, you know, you're obviously not going to be making the same thing as, as uh, somebody that's been doing it 25 years, right. but you know, where, where do you draw that line? Right. So it's, it's always a difficult thing when you're you know it's hard enough just to get the phone call much less go through the negotiation of right figuring it out. and you're also new at negotiating too yeah. it's like a whole thing yeah and, and yeah you know i just um it is it is weird like that yeah and nobody cares like if you you know people do care but i think a lot of it got a little more conflated than it should have been on the forums it got talked about a little more than it needed to be talked about right um which on my lonely little island, not knowing any of these people, yeah. seeing it a certain amount of times, I thought it was really important to everybody. Yep. And to a certain degree it is, but not as important as I right. assumed. Sure. And and I'm picking the wrong, wrong jobs. They're all talking about like, don't screw me over, uh, lowball me on this network TV show. Yeah. Which no one knew my name to call me for anyway. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, there, I, th- I think that's always been the case, you know, other than back when uh, when Garrett was just starting the thing off and it was what it was. And, you know, there was three or five guys that did it and they all, I'm sure they all talked and all had a, had a rate. And then, you know, when it, once it sort of spiraled off of that, I think it became a little... Uh, you know, more confused and, and, uh, diluted. And, you know, some people were, would try and, uh, 
you know, hold up their end of the deal and others weren't as concerned as long as they were working. And it, But it's certainly starting off. It's like, you know, I, when I was starting off, I, I certainly wasn't expecting to make as much as Larry McConkie was, you know, doing, uh, you know, working with the people he was working with when I was working at Roger Corman. So at right. some point, it, you got to sort of figure it out for yourself. Of and then course. And then hopefully you graduate quickly and work your way up however you, uh, whichever route you end up going. But, yeah, yeah. But... It is funny, though, I guess just like any other business, you know, so many, there's huge supply now. Yeah. Um, so many people have rigs that very rarely use them because yeah. they're, you know, they're trying to get in the business or whatever. And I mean, I, I support those people. Sure. Cool. Yeah. But, but there's just so many of us and there's so many good ones, too. That's, <laughs> that's another problem. No, you're they're, right. The, the, the supply is, is pretty, pretty, um, discounting myself is pretty good there's a lot of there are a lot of good people working and so that's why the tv rates have plummeted over the last 10 years and you know i i know there are some people working for like under the scale network you know under the studio contract on tv full time that's crazy and i'm not i'm not trying to call anybody out i'm not not, not going to mention names or anything but that's for some they felt like they had to take that or and i've been in the situation where upams are take it or leave it yeah um, I have left that in situations where it was financially very dangerous for me to do that. Yeah, I struggled with it, and um, and there was a show Teen Wolf. Yeah, for MTV. Yep, and a lot of different people worked for him. I don't know if you ever did. Nope. But <clears throat> I kept hearing stories because I worked with a bunch of the crew that worked on that. On on a, I did a feature, and they're like, "Oh my God, every day is eighteen hours." And blah, blah, blah. And then I knew the other Steadicam operator, and he's going. He told me this stuff. He's like, well, they would have me on first, but they don't want to hire two Steadicam operators. So I'd do 16 hours on first unit. Then I'd go for five hours on second oh. unit. Or, you know, I'm, I'm probably making numbers no, too no, high. No, but but, but, but they would finish his day yeah. on first and then go to second oh. instead of hiring a guy. Yeah, and they'd right. save their Steadicam shots to the end of the day. when yeah. he, Like stuff like that. Yeah. And so these are the stories I'm hearing. And they're like, and it was season four, I think. Yeah. It was the second half of the season because that person left. They had screwed him on the rental by a lot. He just had enough. They had promised to renegotiate when that, they have a half season break of like a month, I think, or whatever it is. Sure. They promised to renegotiate with him during that time. They refused to do that. He said, that's it for me. I got the call. I, of course, called him, blah, blah, blah. I knew the DP. Yeah. And they brought me into the office, and I talked, and then the UPM and I sat down, and he said, well, it's, I think he said, $48 an hour, which to a lot of people sounds like a lot of money, and yep. it, it's it's a good amount of money, but for the specialized work we do, right. you know, it's ridiculous. Yep. I shouldn't mention numbers, but no. it was super low, yeah. and, you know, for what, for, anyway. Yeah. And I struggled, because I, I, like I said, I needed the gig, but I just couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. And somebody else took it. Yeah. And then, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, they did what they had to do. Sure. Left in two weeks for a movie they called. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so then I got called again and I had gotten a show and, and I was on the show and I was like, sorry, working. Yeah. Right. And I was so happy to be able to say that to them. That's awesome. You know, when uh, karma actually goes in your direction and, and you can have normally that conversation. It doesn't, it yeah. seems. It doesn't. But I know a lot of people went through there and I, you know, I don't know if, I don't know how hard a show it was or wasn't, yeah. you know, whatever, but, but, um, cause I didn't work on it, but I definitely heard stories about super long days right. and, 
and uh in low pay yeah. you know the rental was really bad too so Ugh. i know yeah i know but but we you know so you have to make the right choice for yourself is right. is is the lesson i think i learned and obviously you learned a lot earlier than yeah. i <laughs> right at some point i i uh maybe four years in four years or five years in i ended up uh, getting an agent i was with russell todd for 19 years or so something oh, okay. like that and not anymore yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. I think as a regular operator, you're you're struggling to get uh, fair enough, you know, to get a decent rate above scale as it is, and and ten percent of of that, you know, typically would take you below scale or or close to it, and it just doesn't, you know, it's not in his best interest. It wasn't in my best interest, and and uh, which is interesting now after years and year, a couple of decades of having somebody else negotiate on my behalf now me being so you're out of practice stuck a doing bit. that and and yeah and it's it's difficult because uh, you know i i knew very clearly what the game rules were with with steadicam and it's 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 very different with uh with conventional operating and and right. uh, do you have some gear you bring in stuff you yeah, get yeah a little yeah. rental yeah, 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 yeah 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 that's good yeah, yeah. monitors sort of, you have to. heads or anything i've got heads and and uh and transmitters and Oh, good. This, little of that, but and yeah. they'll let you do it. Yeah, a lot of times these days, especially in TV, they don't want anybody renting anything to them except for Steadicam and the sound mixer. Yeah. So I, I even a had, Dolly Grip who owns Track can't do it. Interesting. Like, I haven't. I haven't had anything. Like you that. haven't. Had, yeah. No. Oh, that's good. That's no. good. That's why so many, <clears throat> even camera assistants. Yep. That's why so many of them they have to rent through Panavision right. or some other rental house yep. and get it pay them a cut yeah it's uh yeah it's weird like that yeah i guess the liability thing they're worried about constant l and d charges and sure uh i misspoke my stuff ends up going through panavision or whoever oh it does yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah okay well it probably lives there though huh it doesn't no it, oh, it, doesn't? It's, it oh. stays with me but you know if i if i'm doing a show uh it's out of panavision it, it you know you talk to the first ac and somehow it, it you know they just do it. It goes. It ends up going through Panavision. So there is oh, okay. there is there is a discount with the, whatever the Panavision deal is, but it's you know, or or whoever you're using autos or whoever. But right. Um, no, I, I I think it's important, especially with the downshift in in pay and rentals from doing Steadicam. You have to. I took the money I made off of off of my rigs and and uh, you know bought heads and and other stuff that is hopefully going to last for a while. Well, heads last for so long. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. great. Would you buy? Would you buy like an airy head? Or I've something? got an airy head and a and a O'Connor and a two and or a, a Lambda. No, a, a one. Oh, a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are cool. I mean, the difference in in what you're what you're renting a two for versus a one doesn't justify paying twice as much for a two. So, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and oh, so in a Lambda and yeah. a couple of heads. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And it's not like. It's not so much gear that it's a real pain or anything. No. Yeah. No. And then the assistants deal with it anyway. And yeah. the case sits in the truck or yeah. in a storage unit or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's great. Yeah, no. yeah good. Much and easier. it earns you $8 a, a day. Yeah. It's it's better than nothing. And, and, <laughs> no, I know. Uh, it I know. helps. Uh, I know. It helps. But heads, I mean, notoriously, like, yeah. they're so expensive. They're precision pieces of gear and they yeah. cost $25,000. Yeah. And then they're like, we will happily give you $12 a week for that. Like thanks, man. Thankfully, it's a little more. Than it's that, a little but more, it's, but it's, it's no, it's it's, it's almost crazy. embarrassingly yeah. low. Yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, well, hey, man, I think uh, we've we've talked so much. We should have kept talking during the break. We yeah. have like three hours of. 
<laughs> it'd be way too long yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no i appreciate you coming in it was so nice talking to you and no, like thank you so much for having me i've known your name for so long and i think we spoke on the phone actually do you remember that many no. years ago you were using an F900 for the first time, I think. Oh, that's funny. You probably called a couple of yeah. people. You called me like, anything I need to worry about? And that's... I was like, uh, this and that, I don't know. I can't remember what I yeah. told you. Yeah. Like, it's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I think enjoy. I only flew it once or twice, so that was... Oh, did you <laughs> that's really? That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, wow. I did... Let me think about that. I did a movie with one. I did TV show, uh-huh. but I didn't do the whole show. So not too much. Yeah. I'm sure here and there, this and that. But um, that panavised one, man. Yeah. It was a boat anchor. Absolutely. And it was, I think Eric Fletcher used to always talk about us four feet long or something. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> from tip to, from, from, uh, from, wait, what is it? From, uh, from bow to stern. Bow to stern. That's really funny. <laughs> but man, it took, you know. Even big waves, it took pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it just pushed right through them. Good Lord. <laughs> great, great for turning corners in tight hallways. Oh, my or, God. Or not. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that's like a red camera now. Yeah. The the amount of gack they add. I haven't used one in years yeah. now, but the amount of crap you have to add on to the thing to make it work yeah. makes it three and a half feet long. Right. It's like if you just built the damn thing together, it would be two and a half feet long and yeah. we'd have everything we need. Sure. But, but no. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Anyway, I guess I don't have a red sponsorship coming anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> I saw nothing. I heard nothing. You're probably still fine. <laughs> it's at the end of the there show. Nobody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> anyway, thanks again, Brooks. And uh, and uh, hope to uh, hopefully we'll work together sometime. I'd like that very much. I don't know if I'm good enough. Though. Oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> at least we have the same doubts. There you go. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks again to Brooks. That was a lot of fun. We were um, we were really chatting away. As a matter of fact, during that break, I don't know how long we talked, maybe an hour before we started recording again. I almost forgot to record again. We were just having such a nice conversation and uh, and laughing and having a good time. So I hope you felt that. I hope uh, I hope it was enjoyable to listen to as it was to do. See you next week. <laughs>